Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And in this new series, we want to really build your faith and give you the foundation for faith to receive your healing. And there is only one foundation, really, and that is the atonement of Christ, his death for you on the cross. You know, our health is so important. You know, you could have everything in the world. You could have everything you want. But without your health, you can't enjoy it. So it's so important to be able to receive your healing from God and walk in health. Don't take your health for granted, say, because you're, you're young and you've never had a health challenge. Because we live in a sick world. We live in a fallen world. We need to be strong in God's provision for our healing. We need to be nourished by his words of healing so that we have something in us that's stronger than what's in the world. Uh, so the purpose of this series is to establish your faith for healing and, and let a foundation be built in your heart. You know, <coughs> healing is not a hit or miss business. God does not just impose his power on, on people. Now one day he will impose his judgment on the wicked, that's true, but he doesn't impose himself on his people. He works through our faith. He works through our cooperation. So the way he works is he, he tells us his word. He tells us his promise, what he wants to do in our lives. And then he wants us to believe it, receive it, surrender to it, trust that, trust him to perform it in us. And then that releases his power to do it. And I want you to know that God has a warm, a hot, compassionate heart for you. He wants you to be healed far more than you know. He doesn't just love us, he's in, lo in love with us. But we often lack confidence to receive healing because we think, well, God's reluctant to heal us. We've got to twist his arm. We've got to convince him. We've got to give him reasons to heal us. Maybe we feel unworthy, so we don't deserve to be healed. And so we lack confidence to come to God and receive our healing. And I want to build your confidence in God and his promises, showing you that actually God has already done it. He's, he's already provided for your healing. And so you can be healed. Um, we're going to see that he's already provided healing for you. He's already given that healing to you. Healing belongs to you if you're in Christ. In fact, Jesus said to a, to a woman who was asking healing for her daughter, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, basically, healing, therefore, is the children's bread. If you're a child of God, healing is your bread. It belongs to you. And it encourages us that we should ask God for our daily bread. So that's our daily healing, our daily health. We should have confidence as a child asks its parents for food expecting to receive and so give us this day our daily bread healing is the children's bread and Jesus encourages us to believe that God will not say no to that he says in Matthew 7 ask and it will be given to you for everyone who asks receives what man is there among you who if his son asks for bread will give him a stone or if they ask for a fish will he give him a serpent if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give good things healing is a good thing to those who ask him so we need to have confidence before God to ask him for healing and I want to give you that confidence from his word I want to prove that healing belongs to you because Jesus 
purchased it for you on the cross, just like he purchased your forgiveness. And so you can come with confidence to ask and receive your healing. He purchased healing from all sickness and disease. He put your name on that healing. And he says, it's for you, for you to receive. It's for yours for the asking. And so healing is not a hit or miss affair. Now, there are gifts of healings, as the Spirit wills, that will, it will even be for those who don't believe. But you can't rely on a gift of healing to heal you. You know, God will do that sometimes, especially for a non-believer or a new believer as a sign of his love. But you can't spend your life waiting for a special anointing, a special miracle. You have to grow up and live by faith. You've got to know your covenant with God for yourself and learn how to operate in that covenant. As Jesus said, according to your faith will it be unto you. You've got to walk on your own faith legs eventually. You can't stay like a baby just expecting special treatment as it were. So I want to build that foundation of confidence to, to receive healing, to walk in health. And even if you're feeling well right now, you need to get those truths in your hearts now before sickness attacks your body. So you're ready to stand in faith and trust God when that evil day comes. I want to start with Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. You know, it's amazing that we can bless God. We can make him happy, that's what it means. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. You know, God is generous. He doesn't hold anything back from us. And so we shouldn't hold anything back from him. Bless the Lord and let all that is within me bless his holy name. That's the appropriate response to a God who has blessed us with every, every blessing. And then he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The benefits of God are those that are in the covenant of God. And it says we are not to forget. Now the word forget and the word remember are covenant words. And what it's talking about is to remember is to bring to the forefront of your mind. It is to meditate. What he's saying is it's important to meditate on the benefits of God. It's important to meditate on the promises of God, what God has given you in the covenant. And he says don't forget it but remember it. Bring it to your mind. And then bless him for those benefits. Thank him, in other words, for those benefits. We mustn't take them for granted. We bless them for all his benefits that he's given us. Praise God. And then he names the benefits. And he says, number one, he forgives all your iniquities. Not half, not three quarters. You know, not even 99%. You know, even if... God didn't forgive one of your sins, that would be enough to send you to hell forever. Thank God he forgives all your iniquities. And then he says, and we must bless him for that, and he heals all your diseases. Now God forgives all our sins because on the cross Jesus died to purchase forgiveness for all our sins. The atonement is for everyone. And that's why it's not hit or miss that God will just decide to forgive someone, not someone else. It's available to everyone because Jesus died for everyone. So everyone can come and receive forgiveness. And the same truth, notice, applies to healing. He heals all our diseases. Why? Because on the cross, Jesus died to purchase healing for all our diseases. And so he's no respecter of persons. He died for your sicknesses. 
And so just as forgiveness is for all, healing is for all because it's in the atonement. That's the only explanation. He goes on and says, he redeems your life from destruction. That's from terminal sicknesses and from accidents. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. And again, your mouth is important. You, for this to enjoy the benefits that belong to you, you have to remember them, you have to meditate on them, and then you have to bless God for them. You need to declare the promises and thank God for, for the healing promises. Praise God. And then he says, when you do that, you will be satisfied with good things. In other words, those promises will be fulfilled in your experience, in your life. They'll be manifested. You'll be satisfied with the product of his promises in your life so that your youth is renewed like the eagles that's not just uh, talking about receiving healing that's talking about walking in health the renewal of your youth praise god and so it mentions healing and forgiveness together as dual benefits of the believer through our covenant with god the benefits of the covenants he doesn't treat us on a case-by-case -case basis. Oh, I think I'll heal him today. I won't heal them today. No, but it's actually he heals all our sicknesses and he forgives all our sins. Praise God. Why? Because the basis is the atonement of Christ where Jesus died equally for all people. And where do we see the greatest proclamation of the atonement of Christ? It is, of course, Isaiah 53. And that chapter, as we're going to show you now, makes it abundantly clear that healing, physical healing, is in the atonement as well as forgiveness. You know, Isaiah is called the Prince of the Prophets, and, and Isaiah 53 is the Mount Everest of prophecy, uh, uh, the very peak, as it were, of prophecy. And it's an interesting thing that God puts an emphasis on Isaiah 53, even in the way it's positioned, because just as there were 66 chapters of Isaiah, there are 66 books in the Bible, and the Isaiah divides into two parts. The first 39 chapters are very much like the Old Testament in nature, and that's just like the th first 39 books are the Old Testament. The last 27 chapters of Isaiah, that's from chapter 40 to 66, are filled with prophecies of the Messiah and the New Covenant. And so they're very much like the 27 books of the New Testament. Just, they feel like New Testament literature. And it's interesting that even the very start of that New Testament section of Isaiah, Isaiah 40, starts with the prophecy of the voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And that's exactly how the New Testament starts, with John the Baptist claiming to fulfill this prophecy, being the voice preparing the way of Jesus. So if you take that New Testament part of Isaiah, those 27 chapters, and you take the central chapter of that, that is the average of 40 and 66, is 53, Isaiah 53, which describes Messiah's sufferings for us, the atonement. And this is the very heart of the revelation of the Messiah, the heart of the New Covenant, the central message of the Bible. And so it's a proem, really, about the suffering servant. And actually it should have started in Isaiah 52, verse 13. That's where, this, where it begins. And it consists of 15 verses. And it's really five parts of three verses each. Uh, and so that's how it's structured. 
and it starts, as I said, in chapter 52. And so if you look at the five, the middle section of three verses is actually verse 4 to 6, Isaiah 53, 4 to 6. Let me read that to you. I'm going to just read from verse 3 just to introduce. He's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, literally pains, and acquainted with grief, literally sickness. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Now we go into the central section, verse 4. Surely he, this is the Messiah, has borne our griefs, literally sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, literally pains, Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace. And that's shalom, which means wholeness, well-being, healing. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And so here we have the central verse of the central part of the central chapter of New Testament Isaiah declares, by his stripes you are healed. Praise God. Healing is in the atonement, and God wants you to know that. He's put special emphasis on it. And then it says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord has laid on him, literally caused to meet in a violent way, with violent force, caused to meet on him, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. And so these verses in Isaiah 53 actually show that healing is in the atonement as well as forgiveness. That he didn't just bear our, sick, our sins, he bore our sicknesses. The translators try to avoid this, this fact by, uh, by using words, griefs and sorrows that could be understood emotionally. Um, and so... Although they're not incorrect translations, they, they are translations that avoid the fact that actually this, the words used actually certainly emphasize physical healing as well as emotional healing is being provided for. Why were they afraid to translate it in terms of physical healing? That he bore our sicknesses and carried our pains? Because they knew that if Jesus paid for our healing, then we could come to confidently to God and believe we received our healing just like we receive forgiveness. They wanted to avoid this conclusion because they didn't believe that themselves. And, uh, and so they backed away and, and left the translation uncertain. Again, verse 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs. The word grief here is the Hebrew word koli, which could equally well have been translated sicknesses. And then it says, and he carried our sorrows. That's the word makob, which means pains, physical pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Go to the Young's literal translation, and it, it gives it literally. He was despised and left of men, a man of pains and acquainted with sickness. Not during his lifetime, but when he died on the cross, because he took our pains and sickness. Verse 4, surely our sicknesses he has borne. And our pains, he has carried them. And then verse 5, by his bruise, there is healing to us. Dr. Isaac Lisa says, our diseases did he bear himself, and our pains he carried, while, while indeed we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. And through his bruise was healing granted to us. 
The great expositor McLaren says, the griefs which the servant Christ here is described as bearing are literally sicknesses and the sorrows are literally diseases. And so Jesus bore your sicknesses on the cross. Verse 10 emphasizes this also. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. Again, an emotional word, but the word is coli. Literally it is, he has made him sick. He made Jesus sick with our sicknesses, just as he was made sin with our sinfulness. He says, you, he, you, he has made him sick when you make his soul an offering for sin. Jesus didn't just die for your sins, he died for your sicknesses. God put your sins and sicknesses on Jesus. He carried them so that you don't have to carry them. The Young's Literal translates verse 10, Jehovah has delighted to bruise him, he has made him sick. Dr. Lisa says, but the Lord was pleased to crush him through disease. Rotherham says, he laid on him sickness. And so if Jesus paid such a price for your healing, surely he wants to heal you. That's the foundation for your faith. And the proof of it is that the New Testament, the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, quotes and interprets these words for griefs and sorrows by using Greek words which are unambiguous in meaning. And they absolutely mean physical sickness and pains. You see, the Hebrew vocabulary is smaller than... And, and so any one word is pregnant with many meanings. And so that gives you many possibilities. But the Greek language is very technical, very precise, and the words that are used to translate that the Holy Spirit chose definitely point to physical sickness. We see this in Matthew 8.16. It talks about when Jesus' healing ministry, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick. How come he could heal them all? It now explains that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Isaiah 53 verse 4. And here the words used are not griefs and sorrows, but infirmities and sicknesses. And the translators simply had to translate it that way because that's what they mean, physical sicknesses. And so Jesus could heal all the people in his ministry on the basis of the fact that on the cross he bore all our sicknesses and carried all our sorrows, all our pains. And so that was the basis for his healing ministry. But you might say, well, Jesus hadn't died yet. Bah, you see, but God is outside time. And he actually healed people on credit, even before the cross. In fact, how were people forgiven in the Old Testament? It's the same way they were healed. It was because Jesus paid the price on the cross, not just for people that would live after him, but for the people who lived before him. Praise God. And so they were healed on credit. And on the basis of the atonement of Christ. That's the basis for it all. And so this explains why he could heal all, because Jesus died for all our infirmities and all our sicknesses. That's what the Bible says very clearly there. And so that's good news for us, isn't it? If healings were just done on a case-by-case -case basis as signs of his kingdom so that God would do the occasional healing here and there just to prove that he was alive, that, that uh, he's real, um, but you can't predict when he will do it, then, of course, you would have no basis to believe for your healing yourself. But 
if through the atonement Jesus died for your sicknesses in the same way that he died for your sins, then you have a basis for faith of coming to God and receiving your healing. Another New Testament proof is in 1 Peter 2.24. It interprets Isaiah 53 verse 5. Remember Isaiah 53 verse 5 gives this double application. Jesus, that the Messiah dies for the sins and the sicknesses. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. That's, that's the first thing. The chastisement for our peace. See, the sins and sicknesses, that's the root of the problem, of course. And that causes the outward curse, the outward disease, the outward disruption. And so here he says, the chastisement for our peace, that's our well-being. That's our life, full of satisfaction. That includes healing and every other kind of provision. And notice, Jesus didn't just die for our sins, but also he died for our peace, for our shalom, for our health. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And literally, it's by his bruise. He was so beaten, and his back was like one single stripe, one single bruise. And through that bloody shedding of blood, we are healed. Literally, there is healing to us. In other words, healing is released to us through his sacrifice. And 1 Peter 2.24 interprets these two things. He says, he himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that having died to sins, we might live to righteousness. Praise God. And then the second thing, by whose stripes you are healed. Praise God. So he says, just he took our sins so that we could experience righteousness in the same way he took our sicknesses so that we might be healed. And the only difference with Peter is that he, Isaiah was written before the cross looking forward. Peter is now after the cross looking back and saying, it's been fulfilled. And therefore, you have been healed. It's an accomplished fact. The Messiah has done that for you. Praise God. Also, it's interesting to point out that the very same words that are used to, in Isaiah 53 to bear and carry our sicknesses and pains are the very same words used to bear and carry our sins. Uh, for instance, Isaiah 53 verse 4 uses two words. Surely he is born, that's Nazar, our griefs or sicknesses, and carried, that's Sabal, our sorrows or our pains. And so these two words, Nasa and Sabal, mean that he took the burden of these things on himself he took their weight and he carried them away. He bore them so we don't have to bear them. Now that's what is used for what he did for our sicknesses and pain. Now we go to verse 11 and 12, we'll see the very same words are used for how he bore our sins. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant shall justify many. That means by knowledge of him, by faith in him, Many will be justified, for he will bear their iniquities. That's Sabal. 
You see, he bears the iniquities just as he bears the sicknesses. Therefore I'll divide him a portion with the great, and he will divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore, that's Nazar now, the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. So notice, the very same way Jesus bore our sins and our iniquities is the very same way he also bore our sicknesses and pains. The very same words are used. He's not just our sin bearer, he was our sickness bearer on the cross. He took our sicknesses and carried them away. He bore them so that we don't have to bear them. No wonder the psalmist says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And as I bless him, forget not. Don't forget to thank him for this. Or bless the Lord for all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, and he heals all your diseases. How could he do that? How could he take them all? Because of the atonement. In the atonement, he died for all our sins, and he died for all our sicknesses. He paid the price for us to be fully forgiven and fully healed. Forgiveness and healing, therefore, are available to us through the atonement of Christ. This is a solid foundation for your faith. Don't think, well, I'm, I'm different from everyone else. I'm not worthy or whatever. It doesn't matter how worthy or not. Jesus died for all your sins and all your sicknesses. And so just like salvation, just like forgiveness, is God's will for all to be received on the basis of faith. So physical healing and health is God's will for all people. He wants all people to believe and receive that. As salvation and forgiveness is freely given to us by God, because it's purchased by his blood on the cross, and it belongs to us in Christ, and is available on request, just like that's true for salvation and forgiveness, so likewise healing is ours. So come boldly to the throne of grace and ask God and receive your healing. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And our vision is to spread the in-depth teaching of the word of God to the ends of the earth. But we need your help. If you can partner with us or, or pray for us, contribute to us, it will make all the difference to make this possible. And on our website, oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk, you, you can find the, a way you can help us financially and we would be so grateful. It's so important to have a strong foundation of faith for receiving healing through the atonement. And this is my series that I've preached, eight messages on this that will really build your faith on the atonement of Christ and your healing that's purchased by Jesus. And to go with that is my book called Live Long and Strong. Because God's will is that we learn to tap into his healing and walk in health and live a strong, healthy life in God. That is described in this book, Live Long and Strong. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. 
You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.